when you can find your own happiness and what you have rather than chasing what you want, you, your life's going to change. Like you, you'll, you'll find happiness. You know, you don't, you don't have to seek other people's approval. You just, you know, you, you do what makes you happy and you, you worry about the people that care about you and uh, yeah. And, and happiness will find you. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode 5 of Let's Talk About Life presented by TLDR Podcast. Uh, thank you guys once again for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, we're getting a lot of great views and we're getting a lot more requests to be on the podcast and a lot more requests to be interviewed, so that's fantastic. Um, our guest today is AJ Garrity. I've known AJ for a couple years because he played uh, at SEC as a basketball player. So it's kind of been the common theme the last couple of guests we've had is that they're athletes at SEC. Um, the thing is, they're really great people to talk to. They have great stories. Um, they all have, have had struggles and adversity that they face. So it's it's a common theme that lends itself to good conversation and good stories. Um, AJ was a two-time captain at SEC and he's led SEC's basketball team to great records and great seasons. Um, he now plays at University of Alaska, Anchorage. Um, in this episode, he talks about his upbringing, and uh, he has a decent amount of struggles to talk about as well. His injury history is immense, um, so he talks about how his injuries have shaped his perspective and how it's helped him become a better human being, a better person, and how life isn't just about basketball. It's about other people. It's about yourself. Basketball is just a fa- small facet of life, and on, the, on a micro scale, it doesn't mean all that much. But you can learn a lot from it and he talks about that in this podcast he also talks about how um do you guys remember how last year in march there was basically like a huge shutdown of the entire world uh, due to covid and aj has a pretty unique perspective on that he was competing for a state championship at the time him and his team and it was cut short in a second so he details that as well and he ends the podcast talking about his future and what his goals are and what he plans to do this is a great interview a lot of people love to hear about from AJ. AJ was a great conversation. So without further ado, AJ Garrity. Austin James Garrity. It's been a while, man. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? Good. You were uh, you were late again, like always, you know, yep. classic AJ move. Yep. Being late to almost everything. <laughs> you, uh, you're at rehab though. So how was that? Yeah, it was solid. Get, getting some good progress done with uh, just a little hamstring injury from last week. So yeah. It's because you're playing basketball, though, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. How's that going for you? How's uh, Alaska? Alaska is amazing. Um, yeah, the uh, hamstring injury is a little unfortunate. It's kind of been a, a weird year. Obviously, our season got canceled. Um, but just the uh, inconsistency of not always having um, scheduled lifts and scheduled practice because of, like, quarantines and people being exposed to COVID and stuff, um, It's uh, it hasn't been the same just – consistently being on top of like my body and stuff but um yeah everything is good out here love it um couldn't have asked i couldn't i mean not coming out here on an official visit i couldn't have asked for a better uh a better place like i it uh, definitely exceeded my expectations for sure why did you choose alaska even though you didn't visit there um it was it was just a it was a really good fit for me personally um i had um a a, a pretty solid amount of offers just across the country, but um, 
just what I was hearing from the coaches over the phone calls and how we connected and what they believed in um, and how they run their team and their offense um, or their just their team in general, offense, defense, um, and how they play uh, was just a, a really exciting fit for me and something um, that I've I'm used to because of uh, my junior college at Santiago Canyon and um, my high school is very similar basketball play styles. So, um, and then on top of that, just the the family um, atmosphere of the team and uh, caring for one another and rooting for one another was something that was big and important for me. So um, yeah, it's a really good uh, community out here. And uh, I was really happy with the, the decision now that I've been here for semester and a half. Um, I'm loving it and it's going well. So that's awesome. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Uh, you said that it's like a family out there. How do they exemplify that? Um, I mean, it's just <clears throat> our coaches, we're in, we're in contact with one another every day. Our coaches text us every morning. Um, uh, and we, we see each other five, six times a week, but, um, on the court, it's just uh, we're always we're always rooting for one another. We we never have any low energy practices. If if we got low energy, then uh, we're gonna be on the on the lines running or something. But um, yeah, we we all just care for one another. We all hang out like crazy. Um, like this is one of the closest teams I've ever been on from just top to bottom. Um, high school, I had, a, I had a really close team, top to bottom. That's because you're best friends with those kids growing up in high school. You live near them and stuff. Um, but out here, being on a college team. Uh, there's not much drop off from from the top guy to the bottom guy. Um, every, we hang out like crazy as a group, and uh, we all enjoy being in one another's company. And um, you know, it really it really has helped our team chemistry over the last year. Not having a season, just being able to hang out and rely on one another uh, in practice, and then just outside of practice, being able to hang out and uh, yeah, not really be any dead time. We all know a lot about each other, and uh, I, I think it starts with our coaching staff. They've kind of. Um, put that into us from from the beginning, and uh, it's something that we've really taken to heart. And uh, truthfully, it doesn't feel forced. Like it, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's forced. It's not forced at all. That's why I love it. It's supernatural. Um, just we all just enjoy one another truthfully, and um, we don't have like like any problems on the team. We don't have any guys that are high maintenance. Um, we're all just care for one another, and we we want to see each other succeed. So. Dude, it sounds like you're having a great time there, and that's really good to see because you deserve it. You've been through a lot. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to talk about what you've been through, though, and your upbringing and what, why basketball, first and foremost. Man, um, <laughs> basketball, I've, I've, I've always loved basketball. I played basketball since I was young. Um, it wasn't my first sport always. Uh, I actually was a pretty good soccer player. I played. Tra I traveled a lot for soccer growing up. Um, and then my sophomore year of high school, I was really playing travel soccer and high school basketball. And they're the same season in high school, so I couldn't play them both at my high school, otherwise I would have. So I kind of had to choose between the two. And, um, you know, my brother had a very successful basketball career. I wouldn't say I chose basketball because of him, but it definitely had a, a factor in my decision. And um, I just really enjoyed how I could get in the gym on my own and uh, just work on my game and get better compared to soccer. You, if you went out there by yourself, it's really hard to get better. Like you need other people around you to, to pass and, and uh, to finish and, and do certain things um, in soccer. 
So, uh, yeah, I chose basketball just because I, I really enjoyed how much I could develop on my own, on my own time individually. So um, just getting in the gym, working on my ball handling, working on shooting, working on like the small things, my weaknesses um, were a lot easier than working on my weaknesses in soccer. So, um, yeah, I just and the other part of it was just the team aspect of, of basketball. Um, you know, it's it's not an individual sport. Sometimes um, we look at the NBA leagues uh, and, and there's a lot of really, really good talented players in the NBA, um, but it, they don't make they don't they're not the team. You know, they need, you need the other four guys around you to defend. Um, you need all five of you guys working together on offense to get people shots, um, open open looks. And I just really love the X's and O's um, side of basketball. So, uh, yeah, I, I chose basketball um, over soccer for those reasons. Um, and then as 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 much for my upbringing, um, my 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 family um, my family is a pretty athletic family. I'd say my mom was a cheerleader, my dad was a uh, a football player, and a, actually a gymnast first, and then moved into football after he had a growth spurt in high school. Um, but he, he's, he can still play basketball too. Uh, and then I have a, a, a pretty, um, big uncle. Um, he's like six, three, six, four, big body that played college basketball as well. And then obviously my older brother, um, was, was a, a, a big part of that too, just growing up with him and being in the backyard, uh, playing against each other and, and working on our games together. And, um, just being around him and his friends always kind of pushed me to, with just traveling with them too, because he traveled like crazy growing up um, in AAU. He went all over the country with him and uh, he played in all the biggest tournaments and he had um, a really good club team growing up. So like just being around them and going to workouts with them and uh, learning from him was a, a, a big, a big factor into uh, why I'm still playing basketball today. Uh, your brother has he holds like the record for like three point made shots in the NCAA, right, or something like that. Uh, he's got a couple records. Um, yeah, he uh, he's the only um, he has like three or four records at our high school, and he's the only number that uh, he's the only jersey that's ever been retired in our high school's history, which was my number. That's a funny story. Um, yeah, he retired number five. Um, his favorite number was number three. Uh, and his freshman year, when he got put up to varsity, a senior had number three, so he couldn't take number three. So I was like, oh, I'll take my number, be number five. He ended up just keeping number five. And then, yeah, he retired it before I could get to it. Um, <laughs> and then when he went to college, he started all four years at Sacramento State and uh, is in the Hall of Fame now there. And he's number one in assists and like top five in points and number one in games played, I think. Uh, so yeah, he's got he's got quite a few um, records. He um, he set the NCAA mark for assists, and he had a, a one year he was like second or third in three point percentage, I think. So he's he's he had he had a, a, a wonderful career for sure, something to admire and look up to. Yeah. So would you say that you model your game after his game? N I can't say that truthfully because he is a completely different player than I am. He's he's very soft spoken and humble. Um, I've always been really confident. Uh, but he, he was more of a point guard. I'm more of a shooting guard. He was a, a pass first point guard. He always is, uh, although he's, he pretty much, he's a really good shooter. Um, numbers wise, probably better than me. 
uh, I don't, my, my ego doesn't want to admit it. Um, but, um, yeah, he was just a really unselfish player. Um, and that was his, that was his MO. He, he was a, a pass first point guard, always got players involved, never really looked to score. And, um, I'm, I'm very unselfish myself, but I, I, I don't bring the ball up. I'm not a point guard. That's, that wasn't my job. I was always just on the wing, um, coming off screens and kind of, uh, uh, being a shooter. So, uh, yeah, we were two completely different players. I never really modeled my game after him, and I always uh, knew I had to create my own footprint, um, just following in his footsteps, uh, going to Edison, and then um, having kind of that pressure on me of, of his career. So I, I never felt that pressure. Um, I really just tried to uh, mold into my own player and, and, and be true to myself. That's, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. You do. You guys both have really good, like super smooth shooting strokes. Though, like from three, I've seen you guys both shoot crazy. Um, I kind of want to dive into the injury portion of it, though. Um, okay. If you want to get people the background, because I know your injury history pretty well. But if you want to give everybody else your injury history background, that'd be great. Yeah. So I was a, a pretty healthy individual. Never really um, saw myself ever like getting hurt. I never had any major injuries, never broke a bone all the way till like my junior year of high school. Um, my junior year of high school, I uh, had a bump on my foot and I didn't know what it was. Um, it kind of just developed over time and it was getting worse and it was a little, a little more painful and painful, but I played on it all year long um, on my right foot. And then that same year in our quarterfinal playoff game with two minutes left, I stepped on someone's foot on my, my left foot and broke my fifth metatarsal. Um, and that night I went to the hospital, got them both x-rayed. They were both broken, both fifth metatarsals, Jones fractures. Uh, and yeah, that was a, that was a tough, um, tough swallow at first because I had never really had an injury before and I was really kind of hitting my stride. Um, we were doing really well as a team. We were in, in the quarterfinals as a, um, as a school for the first time in a while. And, uh, we had the chance to make the semis. It was a really close game and I was really hitting my stride as a player. I had a really good summer before that and I was really developing as a player. And uh, yeah, when that happened, I got um, put in a wheelchair for like three months. I had a surgery on my left foot. I waited too long for my right foot to heal. So um, yeah, it's still kind of there, but it doesn't really bother me as much now that it's uh, been a, a long time. Uh, and yeah, that was really difficult for me because I had never really experienced an injury before. Um, sitting out of practice was really hard. I, I really couldn't go to like it happened luckily at the end of the year. So I had all of off season to, to heal and, and prepare for it. But I couldn't go to spring practice and I couldn't go to games because like it emotionally, I didn't know how to handle it. And I was uh, I was really, really just like, I guess. Weak, I would say, like, um yeah, I just, I just didn't really know how to handle it. It was something that was new to me. And I was just really like asking like, why me? Like, like why, why did this happen to me? And, and that wasn't just the mindset to have. So that was a pretty tough time. Um, I ended up having a really successful senior year. Uh, and then I moved on to uh, junior college and um, decided to uh, go to a junior college up north, um, just kind of get away. I knew I needed to move out and kind of grow up a little bit. Um, I knew being at home wasn't wasn't as healthy for me as I as I, I needed to be. I wanted to grow up a little bit and get out on my own and, and kind of learn things and experience things on my own. 
So I moved up to the uh, Bay Area and um, I still had that nagging right foot injury because I never had a surgery on it. So I sat out the whole first year trying to heal it. My coaches didn't think it was smart to play on it. I was ready, prepared to play that first year. Um, what a blessing it was that they didn't want me to play because uh, I sat out and I gray shirted, um, took the whole first year off. And um, yeah, I really just tried to rest it and heal it. And it didn't really do much um, at all. So the second year I was, uh, I was going freshman, freshman year going into my second year, uh, the summer of, I always had an underbite and, uh, my, my orthodontist and my doctors were always telling me that they had to wait for my teeth to fully grow in and my jaws, um, just everything to fully mature and grow in, um, before I had a jaw surgery to adjust it. My, my upper jaw was very, very underdeveloped, um, so my face was a lot flatter and stuff. So that um, summer they told me after an x-ray that they think they could get the surgery done in a couple of weeks. So it was kind of, kind of came as a shock to me. I didn't, it wasn't planned. I didn't really know what was going on. I was planning on playing that sophomore year and uh, they were like, we can get it done. It's going to be a gnarly surgery and it's probably going to put you out the whole year. So I was like, well, I guess, I guess now's the time to do it. Then we might as well get it, get it over with. Um, so I had the jaw surgery over the summer brought up my upper jaw 20 millimeters and my lower jaw four millimeters. And it was a really, really uh, ugly surgery. Um, it's an 11 hour surgery. There was a lot of complications. I had to go back in for a couple surgeries to get a couple things fixed. And uh, yeah, that, that set me out the whole year. I was wired shut for six weeks, lost a lot of weight, um, was on a soft foods diet for a couple months after that. And then Finally, around like 10 months, I think um, they finally cleared me to wear a face mask and, and start practicing with the, the, the junior college that I was at. At that time, I had not started my athletic eligibility yet. Um, I was practicing with the teams, but I always took under 12 units. So I, uh, it was called a gray shirt, two gray shirt years. So my athletic clock never started. And at that time, I kind of knew I wanted to come home. I had spent two years away um, and I knew I wanted to come home and, and play for uh this new school opening up called Santiago can not, they've been around for a while, but it was the first year for the basketball program and uh, a local high school coach from orange County was taking over that. I was very familiar with Todd Dixon and he was in touch with me, um, knew that I wanted to come home and play. So yeah, I, I made the transfer home my third year and played for him freshman year. And we had a great, great season, great first year inaugural year. And, uh, that following year, I was going into my sophomore year and we were in a preseason game and um, tried to block a shot and came down, landed wrong and uh, broke my ankle. Uh, pretty unfortunate, but after the surgeries and things that I had been through, I had a, a way better mindset on it. Um, yeah, it was it was a tough one, though. It was a pretty bad break and. Um, yeah, I, I had surgery on it. They put six screws in it. Uh, and just the process of coming back has, has, is still going on today. Truthfully, like you were the, one of the main components in my rehab, uh, just, just getting me, getting me back to normal. And, um, you know, there was a lot of up and down days as, as you know, you were there right there with me. Um, some days it was just super painful and I, I didn't feel like doing anything and you'd push me to do stuff. And, and other days it was feeling really good and I wanted to get out on the court and, and do stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that last one, um, 
you know, it was it was kind of like I've I've been through this before. Like I've done this before. I I know what to expect. I've I've had a couple surgeries now. I I now know I know now now know that my mental aspect is just as important as the physical aspect. So I was really prepared for that one. Um, just mentally, I I used it as as uh, as time to just catch up on sleep and appreciate what I have and um, read a little more and 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 be more involved in my schoolwork. Um, and yeah, it was just a, it was really unfortunate um, way it happened, but I wouldn't have changed any of those injuries for the world because uh, it, it, I wouldn't be where I am today uh, without them for sure. And it turned out that after that year, we obviously, the next following year had a, a very, very successful year uh, basketball wise. So yeah, the injuries were uh, very difficult and uh, I don't, I don't feel like poor me at all. Um, looking back on them, they were all um, very beneficial to my growth as a, as a human and very beneficial, um, to my character. Um, just so, yeah, I can't, cannot complain about it at all. Truthfully. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. So I have a, I have a couple questions lined up because of that. <laughs> um, let's start, let's start with two questions. Okay. Uh, during your last injury, the injury that happened at SEC with the ankle break, you said that it was a long arduous process and you had a mindset mindset shift. Um, what exactly was that shift? And you also said that there were days that you didn't want to do anything. How did you get past those days and still continue to progress forward? Man, um, you know, the mindset shift, I think was just, it was just from like experience at that, at that point. Um, like I knew how, how crappy I felt the first couple times I got hurt. Um, and like how, how I always felt like, poor me, poor me, poor me. And I was like, that. like at this point, when, as soon as I came down and broke it, I went to the hospital and got it x-rayed. I already knew it was broken. I, I already knew the pain of, of breaking a bone. Like I, I just wanted to get it over with. I knew it was already broken. I wanted to just, I just wanted to like, just get it done for sure. No, right away. Um, I think the, yeah, the mindset shift just happened because of like experience. I, I, I knew how to handle the adversity that I had faced already. It was something that I had been through before and I knew there was better ways to go about it after just the, the first couple of times of, of feeling so like, sorry for myself. Like it, it, you can't, at some point you got to suck it up and, and um, worry about the things you can control, you know, the con control what you can control. I can't, I couldn't control that. That freak injury happened. It, it just happened. Um, as for, as for the bad days, um, yeah, it was, you better than anyone know that there were some, there were some really, really rough days. Um, well, for, I, I couldn't drive. I couldn't get to school for the first, it was my right ankle. Um, I couldn't get to school for the first month or two. Um, so I, I struggled right away because I, I wasn't rehabbing it and doing the right things right away, getting range of motion back. Um, and I really just didn't, I guess I didn't really expect how, how long and uh, difficult that injury um, was going to take and like, and how, how much of an effect it was going to have on me. Um, because it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't something that just heals right away and then you're back to normal, um, like your heal over time and then, and then you're back to normal. It was, it's something that's, you know, the range of motion, like you said, it, it, it's never going to be the same. Um, it's something that I have to work on every day before practice, after practice, 
um, constantly taking care of it, always taping my ankles and doing the right things. And um, yeah, if those rough days, um, I would say, I would say truthfully, the rough days were when I didn't want to do some of the things it was, it was the people surrounding me that, that helped me out and, uh, and, and not forced me, but really encouraged me to, to get through it because it was, it was good for me, like you and Kelsey and, and some of my teammates and the people around me, you know, those days, those days aren't always the easiest to get through, but, um, without you guys encouraging me and always being on my side and, uh, really just helping me, uh, I, I don't think I could have, could have, uh, done it the same so um yeah it was it was really just the the people surrounding me um and encouraging me uh because there was definitely some days where it was really painful and sore but I had I had to get things done and and you guys would just uh be there by my side helping me and encouraging me was there ever a time where you were just saying like all right I'm done we're never I'm never gonna be better like I'm, I'm just gonna quit basketball and get on with my life and do something else was that ever a thought that crossed your mind? Uh, there was, I mean, I don't know if it seriously crossed my mind, but there was, you know, there was definitely some days where I was, I was like, this sucks. Like, why, why, like, why am I going through this again? This, there, there, there's no reason for me to, to be putting my body through this. Like if I, if I, there was, there was times where I was thinking like, if I get hurt again, or like, if I re-hurt it, then like, I should probably call it. Like, there's no reason for me to put my body through this. Um, but at the end, at the back of my mind, there's always just that, that one goal. Like I've had this goal of earning a scholarship, getting my school paid for and, uh, and playing basketball in the NCAA, um, at a, at, at a university and, and like, just knowing that if I was going to give up on that goal, um, because of an injury, like I know I would have probably regretted it in the long run, you know, and I, I didn't want to have any of those regrets. I wanted to, uh, attack it and, um, I knew I could do it. I knew I was capable of playing at that level, even though my body wasn't sometimes allowing me to, I knew, I knew I could play at that level and I just had to prove it. And I just needed the chance to prove it. And uh, yeah, so I wouldn't say I ever really seriously thought about quitting during those hard days. There was definitely times where I'm like, this is, this is just, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I still doing this? But um the serious thought of quitting never crossed my mind because I, I knew I would regret it. And I knew that I was capable of playing at that level and I wanted to play at that level. Hey, you fulfilled your goal, man. That's awesome. You're playing at Alaska now and you will talk about your last season at SEC later. Um, but real fast, you and I have had multiple talks about perspective mm-hmm. and how you and I both believe that everything happens for a reason. And um, why do you think all these injuries happen to you? Like, what did you have to learn through these before you got to move on and be healthy? Man, I was, yeah, I always say that these injuries built, built character in me. Um, and I wouldn't be where I am today without them. Uh, it, it definitely, it gives you perspective for sure. You take a step back and uh, you realize there's bigger things in life than, than just basketball and, and school and, uh, you know, getting a good job and stuff like that. It's, it, it's much bigger. It's much, there's a much bigger picture behind, behind basketball. You know, I I don't want to be defined as a basketball player. And I think that's how I always wanted my approval was to, okay, I want to get a scholarship. I want people to know that I can play basketball, like all this stuff. I wanted the approval of being a basketball player. 
and these these injuries really really built my character and and, and uh yeah it just it was a big step back for perspective wise I, I read a lot of a lot of books during these times um and and these books just gave me great perspective on on um yeah, just that there's, there's bigger things in life and like that, that basketball does not define me. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super appreciative of, of these injuries and, and what they taught me because it like, for instance, like my first, first injury when I was in a wheelchair, I never thought walking would be taken away from me. <laughs> like, that's just such a small thing that you take for granted every day. And, um, I, I was a little immature and naive when I was younger um, f- through the first couple years of college and even for sure high school in the first couple years of college. And if it wasn't for those injuries, I really wouldn't have developed and matured as a, as a, as a human and a person. So um, yeah, the, they, they really taught me a lot. And um, you know, I, I'm a, an extremely grateful person now. Uh, and it's, I, I feel like I show that really well to everyone around me and um, it's not fake. It's, it's genuine gratitude towards the people around me towards um, just what I have in general. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for the life I live and it's really taught me to find happiness in what I have rather than what I want. So um, yeah, it's just a, man. Yeah. If it wasn't for those injuries, I a hundred percent would not be where I am today. And I'm, I'm now extremely grateful for them, even though at the time I didn't understand why they were happening to me. A couple of questions based off that. Uh, the first question is what books did you read? If you can remember any of them at all. And also the second question is you're saying all these things about perspective changes in basketball and how it's affected your life. But can you give a concrete example of how those changes have actually affected your life now? Um. Books I read, um, man, there was a couple of them. I'm not going to be able to remember them all off the top of my head. Um, the Four Agreements was one of them. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People was another one. Um, there was a leadership book that I read. And um, yeah, that's those are the three I can remember off the top of my head. There was a couple more, but... Um, yeah, those, those, those really, uh, expanded my perspective on life and, and what I'm, what, who I am as a person. And then, um, the second question was, uh, concrete examples of, I'm sorry. How your perspective changed has influenced your life. Uh, you talk about how you're now more grateful and more appreciative of everything. How has that changed your life? Like, have you seen concrete changes occurred because of that perspective change? Man, it's just, yeah, it's just understanding like where people are coming from, you know, like it, I, I used to be a very judgmental person. Um, I think being judgmental is, is very unhealthy worrying about what others think of you is very unhealthy. I used to really care what others thought about me and all this stuff. Um, yeah. And after those, after those injuries and uh, just life experiences, you know, it, you, you start to just focus on yourself and your mental health and your own happiness and, and uh the people that you care about and the people that care about you true truthfully. So, um, yeah, just on a day-to-day basis, um, when, when, when I took out little things like, 
man, like I, I started deleting social media, a couple social medias and um, just like things that were always taking my attention um, that were, wasn't important to me or my life, um, but just was just taking my attention and it was unhealthy, like wanting to wanting to feel accepted and um, approved by other people. So like, yeah, concrete examples is just like on a day-to-day basis. Now I'm, I'm just so much more focused on myself and um, my mental health and the people around me and the people that care about me. And it's just really, really gives you a step back to appreciate that. Wow. I have a, I have a roof to sleep under um, and I, I have a bed to sleep in and I have food on the table for me every night. Um, I can walk. I, I can, I can go outside, get fresh air. I have a car to get me around. You know, it's like the little things in life that we take for granted every day. It's uh, there's much bigger problems out there in the world. And um, I've seen it firsthand and it's uh, yeah, it just really, really gives you a step back on, on your perspective and just understanding that when you, when you can find your own happiness and what you have rather than chasing what you want, you, your life's going to change. Like you, you'll, you'll find happiness. You know, you don't, you don't have to seek other people's approval. You just, you know, you, you do what makes you happy and you, you worry about the people that care about you and uh, yeah. And, and happiness will find you. Wow. That is a hell of a quote. That's for sure. Going to go at the beginning of this interview. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> you talked a lot about how you learned these things through your injuries and through basketball, but what have you taken from your parents and from your family? Um, you have two brother, three brothers. So what's, what is it like growing up in a family with three other brothers and a mom and dad who are super hardworking? Have you taken anything from that? What have you learned? Yeah. Um, man, my dad is, my dad's incredible. Um, doesn't just hard to put into words, like how, 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 uh, how they shaped me to be who I am. Cause I, I know that they don't really feel like they might, they might not feel like they've had like a, a big effect on my life because I've always kind of been a very individual self-motivated type of person. I kind of like to do things on my own um, and kind of learn on my own experiences and through other people's experiences. But yeah, they're both extremely, extremely hardworking. Um, my dad is extremely humble and very, very well-spoken um, is big in community and, and connecting with other people. He can have a conversation with someone he doesn't know for, for hours at a time. Um, so I've taken, I've taken individual things from both my parents that I've, I've really like appreciated and, and loved about them, but they just, how they treat others is the, is really the main thing. They, no matter, no matter who you are, uh, what you do, um, who you're with, they, they'll treat you exactly the same as they would treat anybody else, you know? And, and I think that's really, really important. You know, um, whereas like we were talking about like being judgmental, um, I used, I, I feel like I used to be like pretty judgmental in high school. That was probably just immaturity and stuff, but like, they don't, they don't ever judge anyone. They don't, if, if you have, everyone has flaws, everyone, everyone has insecurities, everyone is, uh, going through something and they approach everyone the, the same exact way. And my dad is just a, a really, really smart, kind, loving person, um, one of the smartest people I know, but he doesn't brag and boast about it. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't like come off as like arrogant or cocky. He's just a, a really well-spoken um, and, and loving guy and just, and just 
just wants to care for others. And then my mom, on the other hand, is is just extremely head down, hardworking, um, cares about, I mean, cares about everyone like exactly the same and, and just, uh, yeah, is, is we're, we're very big on family. That, that's the other thing I should say is uh, I'm, I was very lucky and fortunate to grow up within um, 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes within all my family members, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, um, everyone around me. And we, we have, we constantly have, um, family gatherings, like at least like once a month. Um, so I think just having that foundation of knowing who is important and what is important to you and just, um, yeah, I mean, it starts with my grandparents and it's trickled down to my parents and my aunts and my uncles and it trickles down to our cousins. And it, you can just definitely see if you ever come to like one of our family gatherings, like we're, we're crazy, of course, every family has got it like crazy in their own way. But like if it wasn't for that foundation and that base, um, yeah, I don't know where I would be because I, I'm just extremely fortunate and lucky to have the health of all the people around me. Um, they're, they're all very healthy and very, very happy. And uh, I, I think that's definitely played a major part in, in um, who I am today, for sure. Uh, what characteristics do you think you're taking from your mom and your dad to shape you now? Um, social qualities, I feel like I get from my dad. Um, I'm a pretty social person. I'm, 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 I'm kind of an introvert and an extrovert. I, I can be both. Um, I, I, I do enjoy my individual time, my alone time, um, my self-reflection and, and just, you know, focusing on myself, but um, worrying about other people is around me and, and uh, just the social aspect of asking meaningful questions to people and getting to know people better. I definitely get that from my dad. Uh, my mom, on the other hand, I definitely get the, uh, the work ethic from I believe not that my dad's not a hard worker he's an extremely hard worker as well very well organized but my mom my mom is just head down um works crazy crazy shifts um like especially during this time she's been working at three or four different hospitals um just head down working like crazy trying to just help others um and then I, I grasp a, a number of qualities from both of them um and uh yeah, I, the the main thing is is for sure just just treating your treating your neighbor how you want to be treated. Like the the most basic thing you learn when you're like a kid from your parents, you know, like they they treat others how they want to be treated and uh, they care for everyone. And um, yeah, so I, I would say, but the biggest qualities from both of them are, are definitely I, I think I get the social stuff from my dad and and the work ethic from from my mom. I kind of wanted to delve into your work ethic a little bit more here. Uh, mainly because you're one of the hardest people I've ever met. Like you work hard. I see it through your rehab. I see it through your day-to-day -day grind, getting through school. Stuff is tough. You burn out fast, but you still work at it anyway. How would you define your work ethic? Uh, how would I define it? That's a good question. Um, I've always just, it's really, it's come back to the people around me. Um, you know, my mom's a, an extremely hard worker and I, I think we're very similar in a sense that like we want to work really hard at times and then just have a couple of days to enjoy ourselves. So like last year or the last like three years, I should say, when I was in um, junior college at Santiago Canyon, um, 
you know, it, it wasn't ideal being a full-time student. It wasn't uh, being a full-time student, a full-time basketball player, and then working four days a week um, on top of that. And um, I knew it was difficult, but I knew it was, it was good for me in the long run. You know, I, it comes back to that quote that's like, uh, work hard. I forgot the quote specifically, but it's like, work hard now and enjoy yourself later, you know? Um, like I, I had what you sow. What was that? You reap what you sow. Yeah. Yeah. And put in the work now for, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just knew it was good for me in the long run. I I needed to, uh, my parents really were very helpful to me financially, um, through the couple of years I was in junior college and I, I I didn't want to rely on them all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I would, uh, I don't, I don't know if there's one word to describe my work ethic, but, um, I just knew it it was really good for me. I, I, I worked four days a week. I was a full-time student. Um, and I was playing basketball all the time. So there was, there's, there was a number of nights where I was either choosing sleep or homework and obviously homework usually triumphed. Um, even though, even though sleep was definitely won a couple of times, um, yeah, it, it was it, it was just really good for me in the long run. I, I really learned how to work hard and 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 manage my time well. Um, when there was there were some days where I was going to class from eight to one. You have rehab from one thirty to two thirty, practice from three to five, and then I had a shift from six to twelve. And then like you got to get up six a.m. and travel to school the next day, um, which was I was commuting as well, so it was like a an hour drive usually, leaving around six forty five a.m. getting there seven to eight, uh, like driving from seven to eight. Um, for class. And, you know, those days, those days were really, really difficult, but I knew if I could handle that, then I can handle anything because now, now I'm at Alaska. I'm, I have my school paid for, I don't have a job. Um, we're not in classes right now. Everything's online. And now I'm just, my obligations are showing up to practice and um, waits on time and rehab on time. If I'm, if I'm rehabbing and then everything else is just really now that I know how to manage my time, if I, if, like I said, if I knew how to do that back at Santiago Canyon and I come here and now I have all this free time on my hands, it's, it's so easy to manage my time. School has never been easier for me than this year. And I'm probably taking the hardest classes I've I've ever taken. So like, it's just, it's just, it really taught me time management and um, yeah. And, and it, and it really, it really developed my work ethic knowing that I can do that and still succeed. So very beneficial for sure. Oh, yeah. It just goes back to the point that I've been reiterating podcast after podcast after podcast, and it's do hard stuff now. So that stuff comes easier later. Mm-hmm. And that's exemplified 100% in what you just said right there. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to talk more about AJ and more about basketball and uh, what's next in his life. Welcome back, everybody. Um, thank you for tuning back in. As we had mentioned earlier in the first segment and in the intro, AJ likes to play basketball. He's a big basketball guy. Um, but last season at SEC, his season was cut short. Um, I'm going to let him tell you the story, but we'll start at the beginning. AJ, it's all you. Yeah. Um, man, last year was um, a lot of fun, um, a lot of ups and downs. Um, it, it started – started uh 
in the fall, obviously. And um, I was still trying to get back to normal. I was around like a year when our season, a year, 13, 14 months when our season was starting. So I still wasn't fully 100% um, myself, but uh, we knew we were going to have a, a very, very talented team. We were returning um, three all-league guys. Um, I was sitting out that year. Antoine Jenkins was sitting out that year. Who was? We were both all-league our freshman year. Um, we just knew we were going to have an extremely talented squad coming into the year. Uh, uh, personally, I, I was just struggling to kind of feel 100% and get back into things, but I knew I had the right guys around me to, to pick me up when I wasn't going to be uh, all there um, night in and night out. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we started out really, really well. Um, got out to a hot start. I think we won like 15 or 16 straight games. Um, and we were just, man, it was an ecstatic team to play for. Uh, we shared the ball like crazy. Coach Dixon really, Coach Dixon and Coach McKenna really had us um, unselfishly, or playing very unselfishly, uh, just just trying to get other guys involved and uh, taking good shots. And we just we just wanted to put it on teams. You know, we we wanted to we wanted to we didn't want to beat teams and just win games. We wanted to beat teams by forty points. You know, and uh, that was that was proven early on. We started out the year seven, seven and oh. And um, besides our first game of the year, I think it was against long beach when we won by three, I think we won our next five or six games by like 30 points, 40 points took, took the first couple tournaments we were in. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we went undefeated in the preseason, got into league um, as the either number one or number two team in the state um, undefeated. And uh I think we lost our first game around game 17 or 18 to uh, Fullerton. Just a just a ugly game, you know. It was it was a really big buildup. We were both undefeated at the time. Um, a couple guys were going through some injuries, and uh, we didn't shoot the ball extremely well in their gym at all, and uh, lost to them. And I think it, it was it was good for us though. We we were we were we were really hot. We we knew we were better than them. We knew that. We, we should have beat them, which was disappointing. Um, but at the same time, it was a, a good learning experience because now we felt like we weren't invincible and we could be beat at any time to anyone if we didn't come prepared to play. And uh, yeah, we dropped that first one. And um, yeah, from there, we we uh, we just kept it rolling. The, the, um, went on another winning streak, I think of like 10 games or something, maybe nine or 10 games, uh, played Fullerton again the second time at our gym and, and beat them by like 50, um, which, which is exactly like a good example of like, we, it was just, it was a bad night for us. And, um, we, we definitely, I don't think was as ready to play as we could have been. Um, maybe it was the nerves, maybe it was the big game. I don't know what it was, but we just did not play as well. And when, when we did play well, it was a really, really scary sight for, for our opponents. Um, because when we're playing well, we had the ability to absolutely just put down really good teams. Fullerton was the defending state champs. They had only lost like a couple games and we beat them by 50 after losing to them by three in overtime. Um, Saddleback, a, a, a top powerhouse, uh, usually in the league, has won numerous state championships, league titles, always competing, beat them by like 45, I think. Um, you know, we just had that ability to really, really get hot. And 
and find, find, uh, find our rhythm, which was just super fun to be a part of, you know, um, we had really high expectations for ourselves, really high standards. Our coaches, our coaches told us that all the time. They, uh, when, when, when you're one of the top teams in the state, you have a target on your chest every game, every, every, every game you're going to get the opponent's best, best look at you. Like they want to beat you. And we, we saw that firsthand night in and night out. And we took that to heart. Some, some games we were, we came out flat and we played to other teams levels, but um, a majority of the time we really, really just stepped it up and um, knew how to just put someone away from the start. Um, so it was, it was a really fun team to be a part of. Um, and yeah, we, we, uh, we kept it rolling through league, um, ended up losing one of the last games of the year at Riverside who ended up tying, uh, for league championship with us. They were, they were a really good team. They ended up uh, making it to the elite eight. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough game, but, um, once again, it, it, it was good for us going into playoffs, knowing that we weren't as invincible as we thought if we didn't come to play on a nightly basis. And, and it really helped us grow and develop as a team and um, come closer. So, yeah, come playoff time, we were, we were rolling. We, uh, I think we won a couple games in league right before playoff time. And then we, uh, we got a tough first-round draw against a, a really good West L.A. team, really, really talented, very athletic, very much bigger than us. We're, we're an undersized um, team that we like to shoot the ball a lot. And our biggest guy, our starting, our starting bigs were David who was six, five and Lucas who was six, six. Um, and they had probably three or four, six, six in their starting lineup above six, six. And uh, yeah, we knew we were, we knew we had a tough draw the first round and it, it was going to be good for us. Uh, and it was really good for us. We were down at half by like seven um, came out in the second half and absolutely just turned it on steal after steal made shot after made shot. You know, we really, we really took it to heart. We're like, we we're way too good of a team to go out in the first round to a good team, but a team that we knew was, was not levels near us, you know? So um, yeah, we, we really hit our stride. I think from that second half on that second half, we absolutely poured it in on them, ended up winning the game by, we were up by like 15, 20 at one point, but I think we ended up winning by like 10 because they made some shots at the end um but man was it was so much fun we we had a blast our gym was rocking for for a junior college gym where it's usually pretty empty uh it was really loud in there um when we when we were when we were getting on those runs and uh yeah made it to the regional finals and um got matched up with Cerritos the same team that knocked um a couple of us out my freshman year in the same round at their home gym um and it was just extremely disrespectful how they did it too it was a it was a close game my freshman year in the same round and we were playing at their gym and um they were just extremely disrespectful in the way they won it was a close game and towards the end when they could have dribbled out clocks and stuff they they were just kept trying to pour it on and, and make it look worse and worse and worse and uh you know we really took that to heart and I um there was only like a couple of us from from my freshman year that were on the team but we were in there telling guys like you know, th this is what they did to us our freshman year. And it just feels full circle to, to come back around and play them in the same round to, to make it to the elite eight and go to state. And uh, yeah, we absolutely just, just put it on them from the start. They, we never gave them a chance. Um, ended up having a lot of fun that game, playing with one another, loving to see other guys succeed, making extra passes, playing unselfishly. And I think we ended up winning that game by like 20 points. Um, 
So first time in school history, we made it to the uh, to the state tournament. And uh, man, we were we were just so excited. You know, we're 28 and two. We're the number one seed. Um, we loved our matchups. Um, we loved our, our first round matchup and uh, the potential second round matchup just to get to the finals. And it was going to be a, a, a weekend tournament and we were going to be done with our season. Um, we, we ended up leaving on a Thursday or Wednesday night, I think. Yeah, Wednesday night. And we got there Wednesday night, stayed the night Wednesday night. And uh, Thursday, we're heading to practice to prepare for our, for our first round game um, on Friday. And uh, on our way to practice, we get the call that um, season season is uh, or the, the whole tournament is canceled. Um, we they had already announced that that week bef- that weekend before, like a couple of days before that we weren't going to have spectators at the tournament because of uh, COVID-19. So like we were already mentally preparing to play in this little this empty arena um, in front of nobody, which which sucked. But at the same time, we, we didn't really care. We we knew what the end goal was. It didn't matter who was there. Um, we just, we just wanted the, the opportunity to prove ourselves as the, as the best team in the state. And um, yeah, when we got that news Thursday, it was, it was really crushing, really defeating. Um, you know, there was such a, such a big buildup to, to get to that point and then for it to all come crashing down in, in, in a split second, you know, was, was just super heart wrenching and, and super disappointing. Um, but yeah, um, got that news and ended up having a nice dinner that night and, 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 and drove home because they canceled the tournament and, and we never got the opportunity to, uh, to prove that we were the, the best team in the state, which sucked. Um, but it was nice being with those guys when, when it got canceled for sure. Um, you know, the, the same guys you – you've been with for the last eight months on a day-to-day basis, um, practicing every day, um, just being with, getting to know each other better. And, um, you know, it sucked when we got the news, but it was good being with them when we got the news because, you know, it was, we went through it together. You know, we, we went through the whole season together and to find that out together, it was, we just tried to make the, the lightest mood of it and just hope for, hope for it to get rescheduled. You know, we didn't really actually realize at the time, that, that it was really, really over. But um, to be with those guys during that time was was definitely helpful. And, and um, yeah, just a tough way to end a, a really, really successful year for, for all of us. Um, a lot of guys were dependent on um, going to that tournament and getting scholarship looks. Um, co- college coaches have a tendency of coming to that state tournament, see um, the most successful teams. You know, they want to see – they want to see guys that are buying into roles, buying into their team's success, um, guys that are on winning teams. And that's a big, big tournament for a lot of guys to get recruited. And um, I think a lot of us could have gotten a lot more looks. We, we all had a, a plenty of, um, a lot of, uh, like, I'm not complaining. We, we all had a, a solid amount of looks for the, for the people that played a lot on our team, but it was, it was gonna, definitely going to be a good opportunity to really, to really step up and, and prove yourself in big games in front of uh, crowds and, and, and college coaches that, that cared. So it was really just disheartening to find out that that came to a crash really, really quickly. And it was uh, the end for us, um, not really knowing whether, um, whether we, we could have done it or not, you know. So 
difficult, but you got to control what you can control, right? Right. Uh, that doesn't disparage the fact that sometimes you can't control what you feel. Um, right. So when you first got the news, what was the first thought that went through your head? Was it anger? Was it upset? Like, what was it? Yeah, I mean, we were definitely, I mean, disappointment for sure. Um, you know, there's just so much buildup and so much excitement to like getting there. You know, like we, we, that was just our goal. We wanted to get there and we wanted to, we wanted the opportunity. So we were just, it's extremely disappointing to know that was canceled. But at first it was like, it kind of came as like a shock. Um, I, I didn't really process in my, in my head until like a couple of days later when I was locked in my house and like quarantined and I'm sitting there like, wow, like our season really just ended on a, on a, on a, like it never happened before for any sport ever just ended on a, just canceled, just done eight teams seasons. Not, not, you don't have one champion, not one winner. Um, so yeah, it was it was just extremely extremely disappointing when it when it all kind of kicked in. Um, was a little a, a little sad, a little depressing, but um, you know there there's bigger things in life and um, people's health were at stake. Um, so when when you do take a step back, um, you kind of you kind of understand that perspective of it. But yeah, it was it was definitely just it was a little disappointing to know that we could have just went three days, three games, and we were we were done. You know, like just just give us the clarity that we wanted. And we were already close to spectators. People were already wearing like masks and it was only going to be the the people there that were necessary to be there. The officials, the scorekeepers, coaches and players. There was no parents allowed to go. There was no fans allowed to go. And um, yeah, we just wanted to get it over with. Like we just thought we were we were ready. We were mentally ready. We were physically ready. We were we were on a roll and we just really wanted the, the, the opportunity to prove ourselves. And um, yeah, it was just really disheartening to know that we never got that chance and we'll never know if, if we could have done it or not. You were the team captain of that team. So as a team captain, you kind of have to be a leader, right? You have to have an about face about you. You have to see the bigger picture and you have to tell you guys about that. What was that like having to calm everybody down? Um. I might have been more frustrated than anyone else, truthfully. <laughs> um, just, just everything, not necessarily just focusing on like my individual self, but thinking about the, the journey that I've been on to get there. Um, it, it, yeah, I was, I was pretty frustrated at first. And I, I truthfully think it was some of the younger, like more immature guys on our team that really kind of lifted me up. And then from there, it was like, it was like, okay, like, let's just, let's just enjoy what we have left together right now, because now the future is really uncertain. Like, we don't know what's going to happen after this. So like when, when a couple guys were just kind of goofing off, like when we first got the news and we were just cracking jokes about it. Um, I wouldn't say like, I was like extremely frustrated and I was showing that right away, but in my head, I definitely was. And when I just saw other guys just kind of making a lighter mood about it, um, it, it kind of encouraged me to, um, just kind of accept what was going on at the time and enjoy the time I had left with those guys in that moment. So, um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily me calling anyone down. Um, coach, coach ended up, we're just, we're just like, let's get back to the hotel. Let's figure some things out. Um, well, actually at practice, we made the most of it. Like we didn't actually ever have practice. We were like, 
like okay this might be the last time we can we can get in the gym together um let's run a, let's run a five on five tournament so we did like a, a a little three or five game series of a five on five tournament and we got really competitive like just super competitive we all wanted to win um which was which really because we found out the news right before that practice and we're like okay well let's get after it right now this could be the last time potentially that we all played together for a while um we don't know if it's going to be a couple weeks a couple months we we never thought it would be a year of course um or longer maybe never again um so yeah we 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 really took that to heart and we were just like well, let's just enjoy this and let's let's get competitive right now let's have a little tournament let's let's talk crap to each other you know and it was just some of the most five on the most fun five on five i've played with those guys and uh yeah after that i think it really just calmed us all down you know because we found out right before and to get a little workout and a little sweat in and uh, to just be with those guys. Coach said uh, we were going to go to a really nice dinner that night and celebrate our year. So we ended up going out to a really, really nice restaurant and uh, um, just enjoyed each other's company for that last night. And it was uh, I couldn't have asked for a, for a better day in that um, in that aspect of finding out that news that morning. So, yeah, uh, you mentioned that you made the best or made the most of the time you guys had left with each other. The eerie thing is I was with you guys and we said bye at the parking lot and it was a what, Thursday night, Friday night. And I said, I'll see you guys on Monday. Yeah. But then the reality is I didn't see anybody again for months. And I like, I still haven't seen a lot of those guys ever again. Yeah. It's really crazy. It's stuff it can was, get taken yeah. away in a second. Yeah. And it's like, I'll see you Monday, but it turns out that's never a thing. Right. So I think it's really key that take whatever moments you have left with people, you never know what's going to be the last time. And it doesn't have to be death. It could be a situation like this, you know? Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to dive a little bit more into the recruiting process. Cause you said that a lot of the guys um, kind of relied on that big game, those big couple games to get recruited. What was it like for you? Um, you had a lot of looks already, but you hadn't committed yet and you hadn't even visited any schools. So what was it like? Cause you got recruited after the big game. Yeah, that kind of sucked. Um, you know, you're when when you're when you're dreaming of getting a scholarship and um, and going to a school, you always you're always thinking about, oh, I want to take my my five visits. I really want to I want to really meet these coaches, these players in, in person, and really see where my best fit is. I want to see these campuses. I want to see their gyms, their arenas, um, their facilities. You know. And uh, yeah, it really just it really sucked going through a recruiting process. Um, during like a quarantine time like that. Um, we were all getting a lot of looks um, during the year because of our success as a team. And um, I, I credit that to our coaching staff, Coach McKenna and Coach Dixon um, were some of the hardest working coaches I've ever, ever been for or played for that actually like wanted to see us move on to the next level and would do anything they could. And our, I think our success spoke for itself as a team. So when, when you got somebody like Coach Dixon and Coach McKenna emailing coaches for you and um, vouching for you as a player, um, you, you know you're going to be in good hands. And um, the co college coaches really listen to, to people like that. And, um, yeah, I was just really, really thankful and grateful for them. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the whole process of it really, really just sucked because – um, there was a dead period for a little bit where NCAA announced that you, we weren't allowed to get recruited. So a lot of us were getting a, a lot of looks throughout the year. 
And then as soon as COVID happened and our season got canceled, college coaches weren't allowed to recruit for almost like a month. So a lot of us didn't really hear from coaches at all for like a month. We're like, where did all of our looks go? Like, are they not interested anymore? And we didn't really know that the NCAA had set guidelines like that where there, there was a dead period. Um, but when things started to pick back up, um, Coach Dixon and Coach McKenna were doing everything they could to get us to get us to go where we wanted to go. And um, for someone like me, I didn't care if it was cross country. I didn't care if it was on the West Coast. I wanted the best fit for me school-wise, basketball-wise, um, and just um, relationship-wise. And, um, yeah, after uh, after that dead period hit, I lost a couple schools that were talking to me throughout the entire year. And um, at the time, I just knew it wasn't, wasn't God's plan for me. So, like, it was a little disappointing to find out some West Coast schools um, just, just kind of stopped talking to me out of nowhere. Um, but I knew that there was going to be more opportunities presented. And, um, yeah, the, I, I just really wanted to go somewhere where coaches believed in me and, and wanted me there. And um, Alaska Anchorage was a was a – a perfect example of that. And I could really tell how genuine and how much they cared for me through the conversations I had with them through phone calls and zoom calls. And, um, I just knew it was the right fit from the moment they offered me, even though I waited a month to commit. Um, I, I still wanted to, to take up all my options. I had, I had a couple more offers and I had a lot of more, a lot more schools recruiting me. Um, and I knew that was my top choice, but I just wanted to make sure that I was making the best choice. So I, I waited, I waited quite a long time and it, and it sucked not being able to go on a visit because moving to Alaska when you're born and raised <laughs> in California and you live there your entire life, um, is a scary thing. Um, not knowing what it's like, um, not knowing, not knowing what the people are like and, and the weather and how it's going to affect me personally, um, it was it was definitely a scary thing, but I had I had uh, people around me and and um, the people that cared for me knew that that was a good fit just from the conversations that I had with the coaches and and how I talked about the school. And I had a friend that went there a couple of years ago and he absolutely loved it. And it just all started to add up. And I, I knew that uh, University of Alaska Anchorage was going to be was going to be my my next stop. It was just frightening knowing that I was going there without an official visit and uh, committing to a school that far away and that drastic of change in weather and um, everything else. It was just a little scary going into it um, with the, with the uncertainty and not knowing um, how, how I was going to handle it. I think so far you've been handling it pretty well, man. There's not been a lot of complaints out of you. So that's good to hear. Um, Basketball aside is Alaska the right fit for you educationally. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone thinks I live in a, <laughs> in this little like small, like town in a forest somewhere with like no civilization around me. And it's, it's, it couldn't be the, uh, the, the polar opposite of that. Um, Anchorage is a, is a wonderful city. Um, it, it, it homes half of Alaska's population, 350,000 people. There actually is a city with some buildings. Um, I, I live in the midtown <laughs> And um, man, Anchorage is, it, it's just been so good to me. It's so radically different from California. People are so, um, 
not necessarily selfish, but kind of, I guess, stuck up in California. They're, they don't really, they don't really care about anyone but themselves. Like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people are, are that way. And out here, it's just such a wonderful community um, surrounding the university. Um, there's no major sports teams out here. There's no, like, there's no big sports teams out here. So the university um, attracts a lot of the attention for, for athletics and, um, it's just it's just such a a great community um there's so many nice people out here letting us borrow their cars like for when we first moved in we didn't have anything in our house we moved into a house with uh i've moved in with three other transfers and we had nothing in here the first night it was just our beds we had ordered our beds ahead of time and that was the only thing we had in our house and it was like okay let's we're starting from square one like let's get to it and the next day there was just people just dropping off tables and couches and stuff. We, we had to pay for them all because um, it's against NCAA rules to just accept stuff for free like that. So unfortunately, we, we dropped a, a pretty big bag um, to, to fill our house with the things we needed. But it was just incredible just to see like how many people were coming by like, oh, what do you need? Like, you need this, you need that. Like, I have this for like five bucks. I have this for 15 bucks. And they were just dropping stuff off within like that week. We had like almost everything we needed in our kitchen. We had everything we needed in our living room. Um, it was, it was incredible. And um, just to, just to move up here and have that support from the beginning from um, the community and people around you and, and people letting us borrow their cars. Cause we didn't have a car. They're like, Oh yeah. Anytime you need my car, just let me know. Like no one would ever do that in California. And, and for people to just step up like that and just offer people that they don't even know that they just met and be like, yeah, use my car whenever you need it. Like, just let me know ahead of time and we'll, and we'll figure something out. It was just super eye opening to me to, to see like this part of the world. Um, it's just, it's just completely different. And, uh, and, and it really made me feel like I, I was at home right away. So yeah, I couldn't be more thankful and grateful. And I it really exceeded my expectations from the start. Would you consider living there after graduation? Um, I don't, I don't see myself like living here. Um, I've always wanted to own property when I'm older. Um, I, I do plan on finishing um, my degrees here. I, uh, I'm on track to finish with a bachelor's in psychology and a bachelor's um, in science of nursing, my BSN. Um, I, I do plan on finishing my school here and doing my nursing school here. Um, they have a wonderful nursing program. Um, our arena is, is right next to the two biggest hospitals in Alaska. Um, everyone in, in the state of Alaska usually comes to Anchorage for healthcare. And uh, yeah, we just have a wonderful program out here. So I, I do plan on staying out here um, probably a year after I'm done playing basketball to finish my nursing school and, and do my clinicals and trials. But um as for living here, I don't see myself living here after it's all said and done, but eventually I would love to buy some property up here and always come back and visit because Alaska will always have a, I already know it will always have a, it already does right now. I have a, have a special place in, in my heart for, for the people that I've met here so far and the, and the people that I know. So yeah, I, I would love to own some property out here, but I don't see myself living out here. Got it. Uh, last week we had Riss on the podcast and she is in nursing school and almost done. Uh, she had, she knows what she wants to specialize in when it comes to nursing. Do you? Um, I'm still, I'm still praying on that. Um, I, I've, I've fumbled uh, a couple ideas, um, um, with, I, with anesthesia, anesthesia, um, pediatrics. It really interests me. I, I really like kids. Um, 
but I, I'm still praying on that. That's something that um, I've, as, as time moves on, I've, I've understood that I've, I have broader interests in, in this, in the healthcare field and um, psychology has, um, has played a big role in me kind of expanding my interests. And I'm not too sure how, how I want to tie that in or if I can tie that in, but um yeah, I, I, there, I'm, I'm just praying on it. We'll see what, uh, what God wants me to, uh, wants me to do with those degrees. Um, so just taking it day by day right now, week by week. And, um, when the time comes, we'll figure it out. I, I know, I know that, um, there's no rush to figure it out, you know, and I know my, my thought process always changes. It, it constantly is, is twisting and changing. So, um, yeah, but I, I, if I had to like guess right now, I, I really do enjoy kids and I, I would love to work um, with uh, like in, in pediatrics. So um, if, if that's where I'm called to, then that's where I'll be. If not, then um, I, I really look forward to, to, to what I'm, um, what I'll be doing truthfully. Yeah. I, I'm, it's just something that I'm going to keep praying on and, and see where God wants me to do. Yeah. I mean, as you alluded to in the beginning of this podcast, everything happens for a reason. So something might happen to you later on. Well, it kind of forwards the way in the direction that he wants you to go to. Yeah. Nursing wise, that is. Yeah. Um, kind of nearing the end of, of the uh, interview here. So what is one thing that you want somebody to take away from this interview? Man. Um, in, in, especially in this time, um, I mean, it's something that I've really been stressing this year. Um, it's something that I came into this year stressing because um, mental health is a big issue in Alaska. Um, and it's something that I've really been just focused and um, trying to help others with um, because I've, I've never been in a, a better mental state in my life. And a lot of people are losing their jobs. They're um, struggling financially. Uh, there, there's just a lot of, a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, a lot of bad things going on in the world that although there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, um, here with, with COVID ending, but it's much bigger than just COVID. There's, there's a lot of political, political issues going on and a lot of other stuff. And I just, I really just want to encourage everyone to focus on, you know, their own happiness and, and the people that really care about them. Like we talked about earlier, um, it's not healthy to focus on what others think of you, especially people that don't care about you. If it's, if, if you're, if you're worried about um, what others think about you, like your parents or people that actually care about you, then that that's, that's good. That's solid. But I would, I would really just stress um, finding, finding, controlling what you can control right now. And, um, and that's being happy and finding happiness in what you have um, and, and just really taking care of yourself um, Cause I, I'm just, I'm in a great mental state and it's all because of self-care and um, just understanding what makes me happy and finding happiness in what I have. And I, I think if everyone can do that, then uh, this world would be a much more peaceful and, and happy, happier place. So. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I love it. It's a great way to end this podcast, this interview. Uh, AJ, where can people find you? Um. <laughs> I guess, uh, I'm on, I'm on Instagram. Um, and I'm on, 
I post on Snapchat occasionally. I, I'm I've actually been off the social media as much as I can. Like I said, it it's uh, I've I've been trying to focus more on myself. But um, yeah, UAA uh, basketball on Twitter, or um, there's always some updates on there about the team. Or um, yeah, I'm, my my Instagram is AJ Garrity five, and usually I'm posting um, here and there about Alaska and and just some of the things that's going on in my life. So that that's probably the the platform that I use the most. Um, so yes, so the Instagram probably. Uh, if you guys do follow him on Instagram, his Instagram stories are legit. He has great nature photos. Uh, Alaska is a beautiful place. I didn't know that. And it's right now seeing it through AJ's phone and his Instagram stories is really cool to see. Yeah. AJ, I know you're a very busy guy. Thank you for making time for this. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you, James. Take care, bud. Thanks. All right, guys, that pretty much wraps up this episode. It's a great conversation with AJ. I hope you guys enjoyed and had some takeaways from it. This episode was a lot of fun to make, and it was a lot of good conversation. So if you guys enjoyed it, please share that with your friends, share that with your parents, your family, share with anybody. Hop on our Apple Podcast, give us a five-star review on that. Subscribe to our Twitter, our Facebook, TikTok, whatever you guys got to do. The support is awesome and really appreciated. Um, Other than that, hope you guys have a good weekend, a good rest of your week whenever you're listening to this, and I'll see you next week. Bye.